And so, we begin, ladies and gentlemen, the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 188. I'm your usual host, Jared, and I am joined today by Mr. Michael Mahoney. Coming to you, pro-Anna and pro-Mia. And I have Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. I'm still here, too. And that's it. It's just us boys tonight. Just a little boys club, you know? You, know, you keep boys. saying that, but when have we ever had a girl on here? Uh, we had, yeah, we haven't had a girl in a while, man. Uh, it's a sausage fest. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, but tonight, it's, uh, just like uh, usual, it's just us boys. So oh, I see what you're saying. We can finally, so we can status finally, quo. Yeah, we can finally kick up our feet and talk about all that stuff that only fellas can say. Am I right? Locker room talk. A little locker room talk. Talk about vaginas and the labia and the uh, clitoris and the... Uh, uh, the and dongs. The labia, Wait, shit, I mean... The, the labia minora and the labia majora. And which ma- is your favorite? Which is your favorite labia? I like the minora, personally. Um Tighter, tighter labia. I only, I only like Majora if it's Majora's mask. You know what I mean? Little nerd, oh. little nerd humor. Did you guys get that? You, you gamers, you, you gamers. Is that out, what that game was about? Yeah, you gamers out there are gonna get that joke. That's a good one. Um, yeah, if there's man. any gamers that listen to this podcast, of all games, only, only real gamers listen to this podcast. Uh, so if you're not a real gamer, if you don't have at least uh, 500 achievement score on your Xbox. Just delete this podcast. Delete if you if you're not able to finish Dark Souls with like bananas. Don't, don't talk to us. Yeah, man. If you didn't if you didn't play Dark Souls with like the Donkey Konga drum set, like fuck you, get out of here. This podcast is for real gamers. Michael, what's the realest gamer thing you've ever done? Uh, a bunch of things that I'm not proud of. <laughs> That's the most gamerous thing ever. Nice. What about you, Lucio? What's your gamerous thing you ever did? I missed the the birth of my child to finish Dark Souls. Oh hell! Oh god! Yeah. Please tell me that's true. No, it's not. Damn. That would. That god, been... uh, can you imagine how pathetic? <laughs> you would have gotten so much cred. I would have. I would have had so much respect for you. Um, yeah. Because you know, I admire somebody who loves Dark Souls that much. <laughs> I guess. Um, Are you really? I don't know. If my house burned down, I think the only thing I'd save is my Steelbook Persona 5. A game that is... That's not Dark Souls. What about your dogs? It's pretty okay. Dogs can fend for themselves. Uh, Fair enough. That Steelbook is out of print, man. I'm not going to be able to get one of those. Uh, Or wait, can I? Let's see. You're probably gun. I should probably research this before I before I go making promises. <laughs> before you kill your dogs or it. Uh Steelbook Edition on Amazon. Seventy seven bucks. Yeah, the, the, fuck the dogs. Just take care of this. Um it's also rating pending, apparently. Who knew? I'm sure they'll figure it out in time. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Um I don't know about you guys, but uh, speaking of speaking of real games, um, we got a couple of new releases this week, and the most notable one is probably Shadow of War. Um, Michael, you picked it up, but you said you hadn't actually gotten to play it yet, right? It finished downloading as soon as we started recording. Mm. It's pretty. It it's pretty huge. It sounds like what was this? Sixty-seven gigs? Some, yeah, about sixty-seven gigs. I think that's bonkers. That's uh, gigantic. Quite large. I got about probably uh, all that fun that they put in there. I got about two hours under my belt with it, 
and um I have some tiny complaints so far, but nothing oh. nothing super it it's little stuff. It's like uh I turned on subtitles because speaking of dogs, I have two really fucking annoying ones uh that will not shut up. Until your house burns down. I mean I I I love the dogs to death, but when I'm trying to like concentrate on something, they can be a little annoying. And so I always have to turn on subtitles because it's just assumed that there is like screeching uh, taking place in the background that will prevent me from hearing whatever it is I would like to hear. And um, the uh, the game seems to be kind of selective with what it subtitles. And so there's a lot of parts mm. where I can clearly hear people talking, but there's nothing written on screen. Um, so if you're deaf, just kind of know that you're going to miss a substantial part of Shadow of War. Uh, you're also probably missing all of this podcast, so <laughs> uh, I guess this was this wasn't a warning that helped you in any way whatsoever. But hey, real fans listen to the wave or just watch the waveforms. There you go. That yeah, that's what I like. Um, they look at him and they're like, "Oh, I can tell Doug is talking because he's more of a baritone." <laughs> uh, so. I, like I said, that, that's something that just annoys me in games in general when you when subtitles don't actually like cover everything. Mm -hmm. um, and then another weird annoyance, uh, the map for the uh, at least the opening section of the game is like, excuse me, I'm sorry. It's like a bright white city and uh -huh. all the icons for points of interest are also bright white. And um, maybe it's just because I'm getting old, but. Everything like blends into the background. Like I'm having a hard time fucking picking shit out of the map. The quite on white is probably not the best idea they I came up with. I don't know. I don't know why it has to be so hard to read. Um. So again, these are my old man complaints. Uh, the, sub <laughs> the subtitles were uh, somewhat inaccessible, and the map and the map was difficult to read. Jared, how do you feel about the language they're using? Or are you not sure because you can't read the subtitles? English. I mean, most of the game is in English. Um, I meant the foul language, but does uh, I don't think they say anything. I don't think they say any bad words in Shadow oh, of War. Thank God. No, it's probably like the weird, like insulting, like "Oh, Ranger, you are afraid of the dark" or whatever bullshit the dorks always say. God, I wandered into like uh, I wandered into some area that maybe I shouldn't have been there or something. But and maybe this happened. I don't know if this happened to you guys in Shadow of Mordor, but I actually feel like this happened to me more than once. You know when you go into like a spot and you get into a little bit of combat and like every time you clear out a wave, just another wave shows up and uh, like it just keeps piling like war chiefs on you. Like they just more and more keep or not oh, war yeah, chiefs, yeah. but, but yeah. captains. And so like you just finished killing one and you turned around. And he's like, Ranger, I'm here too. <laughs> you're like, oh, great. And I killed like I killed like five captains in a row. Um just from like putzing around in this one section. And I finally, there was no end in sight. I literally just eventually had to run away because uh, it, it just would not stop. They were endless. And, uh, and then the, uh, the Erg was probably like, Ranger, you're a pussy. I ran away. I don't think I got called out for it, actually. Really? Um, That's weird. I don't know if I was, I don't know if I was in direct combat with one of the uh, captains at that time. I think I killed most of the captains who showed up. Nice. It feels like there is a lot more going on. Um, the The game opens up in like a very small city, basically. And uh, I'm assuming that, uh, you know, a lot of the open world components are, are probably take place after I've cleared the city out. 
But mm-hmm. by my estimation, I would guess like the first four or five hours of this game probably don't have a ton of open open world elements. Um, huh. So like the building your army and stuff like that, I'm not really getting a vibe of that actually happening anytime soon. Like I feel, I feel like there's a lot going on in the city that, um, and I'm doing a lot of like side jobs and stuff like that. So um, maybe that's having an impact on how long it will take to. Maybe you could like speed run to the open world stuff, but. Uh, anyway, the the point uh, that I'm getting at here is that it's it starts out a lot more streamlined than I than I guess I expected it to. Um, I kind of just expected to be dumped into like I don't know, go where you want and set up your army and like take over these four places or whatever. But mm-hmm. it, it's got a, a more linear kind of mission structure at the start of the story. So. Well, I imagine they're probably trying to acclimate players who didn't play the first one. I think so, yeah. and I don't feel like... Oh. I actually never finished Shadow of Mordor. Um, nope, me neither. What? How did you not finish the game? I got, so short. I got to, Too distracted. I got to the pretty clear end, and I was having a lot of fun, and I was like, I don't want it to end. And so I kind of put it down uh, to, to just delay the ending, and then I never went back to it. <laughs> I got distracted and never finished it. Um, and Fair it's enough. it's an oddly complex game, and if you put it in and try and play it like two years later, uh, you you will have a difficult time. There's a lot of buttons that you forget, and a lot of skills that uh, have completely left my mind, and uh, so it's a it's a little strange in that regard. When we played the Shadow of War demo at PAX, it was actually surprisingly difficult to jump back into. I was I was fumbling around like a fucking idiot. I looked terrible. for a game that I were I feel like. I was really exceptional at, which I probably would imagine is more to the credit of the game than me. No, but it it, it felt really like a really natural uh, experience, and uh, that's something that definitely I, I felt really out of touch when I got dropped back into it again. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that's a slightly different experience too, because we were playing like level fifty characters, right? With, right. Who who also had like empty skill slots, like you had to go in and level everything up and. So it, it was a little different. It was a little weird. But uh, yeah, I mean, so far, so good. I, I don't really have any major complaints about uh, the core gameplay or the Nemesis system or anything like that. Um, I would say that, like I said, the world feels a lot busier. Um, mm-hmm. You guys remember those uh, events where like there will be a duel or something where two of the yeah. two of the captains yeah. are going to fight each other or something like that? Those are everywhere in this tiny little city like there's like four of them active right now for me Mm. and um you can't do them all like as time advances they resolve themselves i'm sure you guys kind of remember that in in the original yeah yeah. um but it feels like that even more so now um it it definitely feels like there's just a shit ton going on and like you kind of just have to ignore some of it in order to progress if you want to progress but uh, if you want to, yeah, if you want to, maybe I right now I'm just fucking around with that. I haven't I have done like two of the story missions and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, I mean, that's pretty much how I remember playing the original is I really like got to the story when I felt like it. But for the most part of just interrupting duels, killing captains. Yeah. Doing this, doing that. It was great. I mean, there's, yeah, the actual story was fairly short in, in the first one. Yeah, and kind of the same deal. Like the story here is not really of consequence. Uh, you have kind of a, I don't know if she's going to be a, an antagonist or what, but the uh, game opens up with Shelob as a, a pretty major antagonist, and I never, sure. I never really read 
Lord of the Rings. So I don't I don't know about this really all that well. Does she it's just a spider, right? In Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Is it a spider? Yeah, she loves a spider and it, Whoa. it, it like stabs. It's a spider that has a uh, fucking Frodo in Yeah, yeah. She like, she like I, kidnaps Frodo. I I don't know. Mm. Well, in this she's like a hot woman. Like she's a spider, but she manifests as like a sexy lady. And I just wasn't sure if that was in line with I I I'm torn because on the one hand, I don't give a shit about the books, but I do. Yep. I am curious, like when the game is deliberately upsetting its fan base, um, and so I, I wish I knew more about the books so I could identify those parts where they were, where Monolith was basically like, ah, make her a sexy woman <laughs> instead of a. Spider. I mean, I support it more heartily. Yeah, because who cares? Who who right. who gives a shit? I'm all for turning spiders into sexy ladies. Yeah, if anything, every spider should be a sexy lady. I mean, if we had the choice. Yeah, if you, if you could choose. Yeah, right, between a spider and a sexy lady, I think everybody would choose a sexy lady. That's true. That's I mean, it depends on the situation. Like, do I need some, some hot sex, or do I have, like, a lot of flies around me? Yeah, what if there's a lot of mosquitoes in there's your no reason. There's no reason why a spider sexy lady couldn't take care of that. That's true, and Shelob still is a spider. She can just right. be- she can just become a sexy lady. So nice. So I don't see why this has to be a choice. Consider that as you will. Um, but anyway, you're uh, yeah, like I said, you, it, it's largely the same thing as the first game, but bigger. And um, so far, it works. Uh, it, it there's a lot to learn and a lot to pick back up. And um, it's a super complex game, but I I don't think it'll be too bad to kind of get back into the swing of things. Hopefully, um, the upgrade tree is of particular note. Uh, it's huge. Like like Talion's uh, skill tree is just enormous, and they do something that I really like, where a lot of your core skills can be upgraded, and they can basically like be mutated in one of three ways. But you can only have one of those ways. So, uh, for example, uh, you're, you guys remember you, you build up might and then when you build up might, you can do an execution. Um, so after you, after you hit people a certain number of times, you can press, uh, two buttons at once and you'll, you'll cut off the head of the next person that you encounter. Oh Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is, that's back. Uh, and there's still a skill that lets you. Uh, you know, build up might, uh, but you can mutate it to change, like, maybe you make it so that uh, just regular combat builds your might quicker, or you can make it so that stealth kills build your might quicker, or you can make it so that if you take damage, it builds your might quicker. Um, and so you have, like, these these different ways that you can have it, but you just pick one of them. You can't have more than one uh, active. <laughs> so... Um, you can kind of, I, I don't know, it feels like a lot more customizable and it feels like you're actually like making some sacrifices. I kind of like that in a in a skill tree where I feel like I'm making a choice instead of just being able to have every single skill I want. Um, I feel like that's less meaningful to me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. No, I agree. I think customization is always good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's kind of, uh, that's the, the story there. So... I don't know. So what's the actual story like? Uh, Do you even know what it's about? Like, I, what's going I, on? I don't know. You, you and Kella Brimbor, like, you made another ring, and then Shelob stole the ring. And that's it. Well, why would you make another ring? Because yeah, like, you never... Was it, wasn't that, like, a problematic thing? Yeah, because... Yeah, you, like, you just, wasn't that how this whole thing started? 
Well, I guess I guess the the new ring that we've made is like perfect. Uh, the other ring has been like corrupted by Sauron. This ring we made is pretty much like perfect and really good. The problem is a spider woman stole it, and so uh, we've that's an issue. Like we're, we're, we're she's going to corrupt it. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. Um, I'm just I, saying. Like, it seems like we're repeating. It seems like we should have learned this lesson. I think that uh, I think that if you're hanging in here in hope that uh, in hopes that like it'll all make sense or something like that, uh, that's definitely not what I would expect here. I think that it's just kind of just shitting on the story. To be this is just this is just <laughs> something to hang it on. Um, I would just make one more comment about the game, which is that I'm surprised that uh, not surprised, but it's been an interesting reminder how uh, much this game like lifts from Assassin's Creed. Like mm-hmm. it's basically an Assassin's Creed game, except like done well with fun mechanics. Yeah, it's like fun. It's like a fun Assassin's Creed. Um, and I, I just kind of forgot that in the in my time away from it, I forgot like how closely tied together the two are mechanically. Um, and man, it's a shame that Ubisoft never figured out how to like basically do what the people who copied them did. I don't know. Hmm. So yeah, Shadow of War. It's out. It's out now. Go check it out. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, of course, you can't read anything about this game without reading the drama surrounding like loot boxes. Um, the market is still locked to me. I don't even have access to it, so I I can not make any comment on whether or not it has any. It certainly doesn't have any impact on the opening of the game. Um, whether or not it's going to matter thirty to forty hours in kind of depends. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know, man. Like I said, like I'm just kind of disappointed that it's in there at all because, you know, like the fun of the idea for me, it's, you know, you go and you fight these guys and, you know, they call you obscenities and you, like, slap them, you know, shoot them in the face or whatever. And, um, I mean, that's- you know, you program me that way, like, organically, right? That Like, that's... It seems to me that what they were saying is that you don't necessarily need to pay, but just to like finish the game, you need to even you know buy loot boxes even if it is just with uh, the eating in currency, and and that kind of feels like it takes away from the game. Everybody has a different uh, take on it. I haven't really, and it's why I'm, it's why I picked it up anyway because I I want to just see for myself where it actually like lands. Um, so that'll remain up in the air but i'm going to play the game with the intention of not spending any other money uh that's because that's not how i don't think a 60 dollar game deserves any more of my money um, right. so uh so i'm just gonna try it that way and and see how it plays out and see how it goes i agree sort of that it's a that, that i don't like the loot box and what I mean by that is there's no scenario where I do like the loot box, but yeah, I don't think anybody likes the idea, but, but yeah. so whether I, or not it's a big deal, take a game like uh dead space three. Um, okay. you can basically tell that like, uh, the developer was able to make that game the way that they wanted to. And then EA came in and slapped in, like there was basically what was the equivalent of a coin doubler. Like anytime you earned right. money, you'd earn double the money. Um, and like, yeah, it was fine to have, but it really had no impact on the game. Like it, 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 it would make you more powerful, and in actually, some ways, it kind of ruined the game because it it made uh, some stuff trivial and and way too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, like, in that situation, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, I don't think that Monolith uh, designed the game, or at least I wouldn't expect them to have designed the game uh, with with the, the intention being that you have to use that that kind of stuff. Um, so if it's like if it's like Dead Space Three or it's like Deus Ex, um, even the last Deus Ex uh, had that where you could purchase the Praxis kits. Yeah, and, and like, but that's kind of that was kind of like a like a rebellious uh, you know move by the developer, right? Where they just went like, ah, screw it, you know, we're gonna put it in there, but it's gonna suck. Right, and so the question is: is is does Shadow of War work like that as well? Like, right. there's. There may be no reason. There may be some reason, and and Twitter and and game reviewers can't seem to agree on whether or not they actually had to uh, buy loot crates to proceed. Um, That's the thing. It's like the people who are who are most saying that they needed to buy loot crates to finish it are Polygon, and like, yeah, dude, but you're also really bad at games, so <laughs> you also have your company's money to spend on them. That too. Um, and so, actually, there's one line in their review for it. It says, The bigger and more pressing problem with Shadow of War is that it's the main home of the of one of Shadow of War's most, more controversial additions to the first game's formula, microtransactions. Technically, you can jump into the marketplace and purchase loot chests earlier in the game, but there's really no pull to do so during the main campaign. You can find plenty of nice armor and weapons and all the orcs you need by playing regularly. In Shadow Wars, however, things get more complicated. Oh, so this is a different mode. With all the other side content drained, the only thing left I to think do is still, play... I think it's like the, like the epilogue. Shadow uh, Wars is like the ending of the game. It becomes the be-all, end-all focus of the game, and the easiest way to find powerful orcs is cynically to purchase them. The cheapest chest on the marketplace can be purchased using in-game money. Uh, that money also buys upgrades, uh, though. And between the two, I spent all 60,000 coins I had gathered over the course of the campaign in a few hours. When you run out of in-game money, you have two choices. Make a huge time investment by hunting down orcs and earning chests, or spend real money to get the more powerful orcs you need now. Does the game ever force you to spend money? No. I'm sure you can get to the end of Shadow Wars without spending a dime, as long as you're patient and persistent. But locking progress through this mode and again towards the game's secondary ending... So I guess that's the question: is how much does the secondary ending uh, really matter? Um, I mean, I, mean, I don't I know about everybody else's experience, but I mean, I like Jared. I didn't finish the game because I just spent all of my time screwing around killing orcs. So when when the credits roll, I'm done. Uh, especially with a game like this, where the story's shitty to begin with. Um, isn't it funny that the game, based on like one of the most successful uh fantasy novels of all time really doesn't have any writing or or interesting like compelling characters or really anything like could you put it normal actually did you know the main character's name before i said it tonight nope no yep exactly uh so i mean yeah as you know his name right now the ranger i said it a couple times do you remember his name talion there you go. I don't think Michael did. But, uh, it's the ranger. This is a... It'll uh, always be manswine to me. Yeah, <laughs> manswine. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny because I can actually... I think I remembered uh, the name of some of my uh, uh, orcs better than Talion. Yeah. Uh, the old rat bag. Yeah, rat, rat bag. Uh, classic rat bag. 
Um, those were definitely more memorable than Italian. Yeah, it's kind of funny. No, actually, it makes perfect sense because the whole, your whole thing was to have like rivals, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, like I said, I don't, I don't know. It sounds like you can play the normal game just fine, but you have to, you, you, you don't have to, but you're going to have to use loot chests in the extra mode or whatever it is. Um, again, how much that matters, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm on the fence here. Like we, we talk about this a lot, and we love to. We love to like shame shame uh, studios for doing this stuff, but like it's not going I shame away. Gamers, not studios. It obviously works on someone um, because yeah. I'm not. Sh- I'm not shaming the studios. I'm shaming the gamers. Why? Because I keep paying for them. I keep paying for them. Some people do. Like, I mean, no one, nobody would be doing this if they didn't sell them. Well, yeah. I mean, that's true. You're, you're absolutely right about that. Like, people wouldn't do this if it didn't work. Um. But again, like I don't know, it's one. We were talking with with uh, with Jay about like uh, GTA Online, mm-hmm. and um, you know how like fucked up and retarded it is. Like mm-hmm. right, right now, like you can get a million dollars in GTA Online, and it will it will buy you like one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's how bad like the inflation has gotten, and the most expensive shark car is one hundred and forty dollars. And it gives you eight million GTA bucks, which isn't a lot. Uh-huh. Like you can run through that by buying just a couple of things. Sure, yeah. It's like you know, it, it wouldn't work. It, it wouldn't be a problem if fucking Return Seven just you know bought the shark cards. You know, yeah. stop buying. Stop buying the shark cards, and then people complain. Oh well. Uh, the economy, the economy is fucked. You know why is everything so expensive? Well, what do you think? Maybe it just helps for me that I don't play games like that anyway. Um, like it's just like with Shadow of War. Like I'll play the campaign and then I'm done. Like uh, the credits roll and I'll be like, "Thank you, Shadow of War." And well, that's, that's it assuming it doesn't matter to you because since they made so much money with the GTA Online, they never released any of the single player DLC that we had they planned to do. Did they have Rockstar DLC planned at any point? Yes. They well, yeah, they were supposed to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I got my money. In fact, I'll, give you, I'll tell you something even more depressing. Rockstar hasn't done shit in four years. Before that, they used to release a game, at least one game every two years. They've uh, been making They've Red Dead Redemption. Right. One game, you know, four years after. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's going to be, be a really good game. Two we would have gotten two really good games and, you know, the DLC for GTA Five. if they hadn't spent all that time doing GTA Online stuff for you to buy with their shortcuts. I don't know if I believe that. Just look at the, the evidence, man. I am. I pulled up a list of Rockstar releases right now because I don't think that's true. Um, you don't think that's true? I don't think that's true. But you don't think Max Payne was a good game? I think Max Payne was a good game. I even think Max Payne 3 was a pretty good game. I don't think that Rockstar released... You said every two years? Yeah, every once or two years, yeah. Mm, The problem is is that the Wikipedia list here has lumped their series together, so I can't really get an accurate timeline. (laughs) Okay, let me see. uh, I mean, this is like... Oni was published by them... 
Bully? You guys, was it Michael who had positive things to say about Bully? Bully was think, awesome. Yeah, I think we all did. Uh, yeah. I don't, the I don't, fuck's your problem? It's okay. Like, it's fine. Uh, oh, we worn out to fight now. That's fine. Uh, L.A. Noir is not even really them. That was developed by someone else, just published by them. Um, Beaterator. I don't know. For <laughs> so, Red Red Redemption was um, 2012. Let's see, Rockstar. I'm gonna try and find Rockstar. Probably developed. 2010 or 11. Red Dead Redemption. Blah 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 blah. Red Dead Redemption was 2010. All right, so here we go. Red Red Dead Redemption was so Grand Theft Auto 4 was 2008, and then two years later they did Red Dead Redemption. Okay. And then uh, three years later they did Grand Theft Auto 5. And Max Payne was before Grand Theft Auto 5. So. You're right. Max Payne was two years after. So you're right, about two years. Um, and between that, they also did the Barrocade Tony and. They lost on the damned for GTA 4. God, so it's been it's been five years since we had a, a Rockstar developed uh, new release. So there you go. What? Case closed. Because Grand Theft Auto 5 came out in 2013. So right. Red Dead Redemption will come out in 2018. So that's a five-year gap. Yep. Wait. Grand Theft Auto 5 came out in 2013. Yeah, yeah you're right. It sure huh. did. Yeah, it's hard to remember that because it just <laughs> when, came when, out, uh, it came out when, so many uh, times. With a rap god, Michael. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's as it's as new and hip and relevant as rap god. God damn, man! I know <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so so you see what I mean, right? Like you know, they used to like do good stuff, and you know, this is kind used of to uh, have a pretty is... good standard release thing, and now they're just releasing DLC. It's kind of like kind of like uh, kind of like Valve, really. Um, they just figured out a better way to make money. So, like, yeah, we could make artistic uh, games that are like fun and interesting, or um, we could sell hats. Right. And I mean, at its core, like selling hats works better. Like at this point, I think they're just going to release Red Dead Redemption Two, so they have another like online game to take. I don't know buffalo cards or whatever. Yeah, maybe. Um, I guess we'll see what they do with it. Hopefully, the campaign's substantial because again, it's another game where like I'm not interested in the online component to it. Red Dead Redemption had kind of a fun online mode, but nothing that was worth more than five or six hours of play, in my opinion. It was it was a fun mode to fuck around with friends, really. That's sure, yeah, it was all right. Was. I remember playing it with a friend of mine, and he brought his TV over and set it up in my kitchen. And what? Uh, yeah, he brought his television over and set it and the PlayStation up in my kitchen. And uh, we connected to the, the Red Dead Redemption thing. And I remember there was a little kid who came over and shot one of us. And so we just made it our goal to like hunt him down. Why, why do all your like online gaming stories involve you hunting down some kid? Because that's just <laughs> that's just what I do. Uh, remember, remember when he was talking about Rush and like how they like tormented this. These oh, we did, man. Quit we, the game. we made we made some kids quit the game for sure. And, and same with this kid. Like we chased him down for like an entire day, and he'd he, we'd find him and kill him, and he'd go and he'd ask other people to help him. Like, please help me. These people won't stop killing me. And uh, oh man, that was the game. 
See what I mean? Like, it's all of your online stories. It's like, we found this person and we tormented him. I have been, I'm, I, I'll confess, I'm basically a professional griefer. Like, it's what I like to do. I mean, that's fair enough, I guess. Um, I, I don't know why. It, maybe, fair, maybe I wasn't hugged fair, enough as a child. To be fair, GTA uh, and all the Rockstar games are kind of built for that. They promote it a little bit, for sure. Um, I just there's something about being even slightly uh, slighted in an online game that makes me think like if I have if I have the slightest bit more verifiable power over you, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's good to know. It's just it's just how I am. I'm a very vindictive, uh, unkind person, and uh, just don't cross me. That's all I ask. That's you, buddy. Just leave me be. Classic Dutch. I've been on the receiving end of it a few times too, so whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, so Shadow of War, it's out. It'll be good. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two next year, maybe it'll be good. We'll see. Um, Hopefully. Other than that, I've mostly been playing old shit uh, because, well, I shouldn't say mostly been playing old shit, but I picked up Stardew Valley uh, finally. Because I made a really conscious decision when it came out that I would wait until it was on a portable. And then by the time it was on a portable, it had also been announced for the Switch. And I figured that seems like the ideal way to play that game. And uh, it remains to be seen whether or not I was right. Um, I guess this is a question for Lucio. Mm -hmm. What does it do better than Harvest Moon for the Super Nintendo? Because uh, right now, right now it's like pretty comparative. I don't think it does. I think it does better than all the like Harvest Moon like games that came after that were disappointing to everybody. So is that it? It's just a return to form, really? Yeah, I would say that. Because yeah, that- it has some cool stuff. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess I kind of missed the point of the game by me, me because I ended up like making like a factory thing that was mostly automated and I just needed to um to um you know take out my you know my crops. Um but I think it's kinda of like just it's a very like low like low pressure game, I guess. Right, yeah. I think that's what a lot of people like find appealing about it. I'm I'm frustrated because I have this quest when you get started to introduce myself to all the villagers. And there's, right. There's 28 of them. And I have introduced myself to 27 of them. And I know who the last one is, but he will not fucking leave his room. Oh, Sebastian. Oh, so you know uh, who he is. Go to go to the tavern on Friday night. He's usually hanging out there. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Um, cause yeah, you can't go into people's rooms until you're like really good friends with them, I guess. And I go downstairs and I see this kid. Those are the rules. Which makes sense, you know, if you think about it. Whatever. I go into people's rooms all the time. And they get mad. Well, if they're there. That's why you're well, the yeah, sex yeah. offender register. But yeah, I, I, I gotta, I, I gotta track this guy down. I don't know if he's like a young boy or what his problem is, but he needs to come out of his fucking room. Just an emo kid. I can see why parents are so fed up with their children nowadays. They're just in their room on their iPad 24-7. It's like, go outside for fuck's sake. Do something. Um, 
that brings me actually to, to a good point that you were asking what makes the game interesting. The little like stories that you have with the characters, like the little character arcs, they aren't they aren't like groundbreaking or anything, but they're earnest enough to where like you kind of you know want to you know keep playing the game. Like, is there a character who can't read, and I'm gonna help him learn to read? Uh, not to that level, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's stuff like that. Like the guy, that Sebastian guy, is kind of like. Sad because of like you know how much of a loser he is and you know how sad his life is and he takes you a ride on his motorcycle. You can marry him eventually if you want. Oh, you know. I can marry him. And yeah. who wouldn't want to marry a sad guy? I know, right? But it's kind of like that, like you know, and eventually kind of come to terms with you know what they are, and that's kind of like how the the game works, and it works pretty well. Are there are there just some characters who you can be gay with, or can you be gay with everybody? You can be gay with everybody you can marry. So you can't marry all the characters, but uh, you, all the characters you can marry, you can marry in either, either gender. Oh, okay. So if someone is eligible, they will swing either way? Right. Interesting. I guess that's one approach. I mean, I don't mind it. I think it's cool that... They, uh, you know, they included that. I don't think it's necessary to have like a super realistic, um, you know. Oh, you can marry a pretty, uh, pretty wide selection of uh, people in this one. I'm looking at my potential partners here. Yeah, two of them are kind of too young for comfort for me. Uh, which ones? Abigail and the other girl, the the Mar- black girl, Maru. Mm-hmm. I mean. Looking, They're both looking at the selection here, there's an obvious uh, choice. Which is? Oh, come on. Here no, let me... Let's have Michael look. Michael, tell me who the obvious uh, choice of Stardew Valley... There you go. There's the link. Let's I, take a look here. I already know. There's no question. Hmm... Mm. It already took you too long to answer. Well, I think Haley's probably the there right choice, but I don't know. Leah looks like she's more my type. Yeah, so... Leah won't cheat on you with another man. <laughs> well, the problem here is that for all of these portraits, I can't see how big their tits are, so... <laughs> all right, that's fair. Um, so that's interesting that we're having this conversation, right? Because, like, Jay's all about... Totally pen. unlike us at all. Jay's all about Penny, right? But that's because like she's like white trash that needs to be rescued. And you know that Jay has a thing for white trash. So. Right, yeah. Penny lives in a trailer. Um, right. And I'm more like um, between Leah and Haley. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I, I don't think like in reality I would be able to stand fucking Haley. But, um, right, right. Yeah, no, she's, just, uh, but, but, she's almost certainly huh? an insufferable person. Right. Well, but uh, Leah also doesn't seem like my type. Um, Leah reminds me of someone uh, from the first Harvest Moon, and I think it was the girl I married in that one. And I can't think of her name now. I'd have to. I'd have to go look. It's been way too long. Uh, so, what you prefer, Haley, Jared, because you've been hurt before? Because I've been. Yeah, there. That's exactly it. Um, that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, who picks Emily? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Who's out there? 
And actually, you know what? All this is re- irrelevant because now that I know that Elliot is a potential candidate, um, I'm I'm switching sides anyway because, oh, my God. I think you're more <laughs> of a Harvey man, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Harvey man, like in the sense that I am Harvey. Um, God, no, man. You're not as boring as Harvey. Um, um, I mean. Actually, Harvey, Harvey, so he, Harvey's a special brand of boring. So when I was designing my character, I gave him a mustache because uh, that seemed important. And Very important. I noticed that one of the shirts uh, has a J on it. So I went ahead and picked, <laughs> picked that for my shirt. Um, there's something There's something <laughs> about characters who walk around with shirts that have their <laughs> initials on it. <laughs> It just, uh, it just works okay, for me. Yeah, maybe, maybe you are a Harvey in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I look pretty ridiculous. It's going to be a miracle if anybody uh, decides, to, uh, elects to, to marry me. I named my guy Sidious Licker and I gave him like a, like a sunglasses and like a slick back hair. <laughs> nice. <laughs> What's your, uh, what, what is your favorite thing for? Like wh- when does that come up again? Oh, uh, you'll see. Because when you make a character, it asks what your favorite thing is. <laughs> like, Ominous. So, so I, I just watched like Schwarzenegger's Conan for some reason, like before I started playing this. Uh-huh. So when he's like, "What are your your favorite things?" I put, uh, I wanted to put lamentations of my enemies' women. Uh-huh. That's but like that's fit. too long. Yeah, that's too long. <laughs> that's a fit. So I ended up putting lamentations. Oh. <laughs> and so when the favorite thing comes up, it just doesn't work very well. Oh, see, I put friendship. <laughs> um, that seemed a little bit more. Uh, that's super nice. gay, Jared. That's super gay. Yeah. So my favorite thing's friendship. If anybody asks. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, I can't wait to marry Elliot. Um, don't don't tell me what I can and can't do. I can do it. It's so it gets surprisingly dark in some of the uh, like some of the stories. Um, like there's um like a returning bat who like doesn't. He's like, oh, I barely know my son. <laughs> and, and I help him, right? <laughs> yes. See, so it's a happy ending for everyone. Someone's going to die during the course of this game, aren't they? Mm, I haven't found anybody who dies, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. I'm waiting for old Lewis to kick the bucket and be like, well, sorry, everybody. So one of the things that bothers me, like, I I like everybody a lot, but, um, like, I wish there was more to it. Right. You're going to start seeing what I mean when you start getting, like, more into the, I guess, what you can call the late game when you're, like, already established and... You know, your farm is kind of... You kind of start running low on, like, upgrades and, like, major changes. Right, right, right. But it's already that, like, you know, like, I'm more on the social side, too, because you'll finish the community center or, you know, or selling it out to the corporations, whatever you choose. And um, you're murdered and you have kids, and, and that's kind of dead. You know, there's, like, no end game. Mm. So can you, you can get to a point where, like, credits roll, though? No, that I know. Oh, okay. So it just kind of. I mean, I'm already talking all my ass because, um, like I, I basically got to a point where like I started playing one day at a time because I, I'm basically working on this massive project now. To there's a special fruit 
called ancient fruit that's really valuable. Um, so I, I started like, and you can only get like one or two seeds every so often. So I started like a project of uh, starting like a greenhouse full of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes a while and it's a, kind of a lot of work, but it's, um, and that's what I'm doing. But I don't think there's any, because I already got judged by my grandfather. And, and you know, he, he told me I was like the best farmer ever. Oh, like, your, um, I, isn't your grandfather dead? Yeah, his ghost comes and, and like talks shit on you. Oh, just uh, that's the ending I expect. <laughs> um, I guess you could consider that the ending, uh-huh. but there's like no credits rolling. Like you wake up the next day and like you know whatever. Interesting. Fuck grandpa. Hmm. All right. Well, that works. Um, I guess we'll see. It, like I said, it feels like it's a good fit for the switch. Um, it's uh, it, it's nice to like be able to pick it up and and walk around with it and uh it's that perfect balance between like portability and like something that i want to play on the tv too um the other game it's that I, game. the other game i just finished on the switch was uh steam world dig and we talked about that last week um but i finally finally uh wrapped it up and did a pretty good like run through like got a pretty substantial uh amount of the upgrades and uh, i think the game clocked in about eight hours something like that so it's definitely longer than the first one um I know nobody here played the original. At least I don't think anybody did. I did. Um, but it's really good. Uh, and 2 is pretty much better in every way. Um, the only thing that I'd mention is it has like a really strange ending. Um, in fact, maybe it's worth sharing uh, if neither of you care. Do you, do you guys give no. a shit if I spoil it? No, no please. Okay. So if you're going to play SteamWorld Dig 2, don't listen to this uh, next part. Um, but the game, so basically the story of the game is the character from the original SteamWorld dig has gone missing and you play as one of the NPCs from the first game who's going to find him. Um, and so when you find him, you basically, the whole game, uh, you're being told that there's these earthquakes and they keep happening because of these doomsday machines that have been installed, uh, underground in the mines and everybody tells that, you that do it. everybody tells you that it was Rusty. He's the character from the original game. Everybody tells you he's the one who set him up. And you're like, well, that can't be right because he's not evil. And he wouldn't do that. Um, but you find these machines and you shut them all down. And then what you actually discover is there's a, a character that you meet underground uh, who is, is like a good guy, supposedly. But then you after you shut down all the machines, you find out that Rusty actually built them to prevent her from creating like her ultimate doomsday device, um, which she does uh, now that you've shut down all the machines. And so you have to fight her as like a final boss. And um, what a ride. Yeah, right. Uh, so she she's actually got like in her robotic suit. She actually has Rusty like imprisoned in it. So you encounter him <laughs> and um you beat the boss and you free Rusty and, and you uh, you escape the cave like before it collapses. Um, but at this point, like everything's been made unstable, um, and, uh, and and like the the world is basically like going to collapse. Uh, so you get on a rocket and you shoot off into space, and uh, and then you live on the moon, and that's how the game ends. 
That's going to be uh, an interesting, uh, interesting setting for SteamWorld Three. Just, I thought you said I thought you said it was a weird ending, Jared. Yeah, well, it's kind of a downer. Like basically, the world ends, <laughs> and you have to leave Earth. Uh, is it? A- Are you sure there was like a good ending that you missed? Well, <laughs> no. So actually, funny enough, uh, SteamWorld Heist, which is a game that I've, I'm sure I've recommended on here before, it, it's the yeah. tactics RPG. Um, it takes place in space, and the reason why is because it is a sequel to SteamWorld Dig 2, uh, at least from a story perspective. So you kind of realize as you're going through this ending that it's actually a prequel to SteamWorld Heist. Um, so it's it's kind of a cool tie-in, but it is abrupt as shit. Like, you literally beat the final boss, and then you go back to the surface, and you're like, we gotta get on a rocket, and you get on a rocket and leave. <laughs> and it just It kind of comes out of nowhere. What do we want to do? We gotta do heist, Steam World heists. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that I wish that they'd had a line like that. That would have been great. <laughs> well, um, you know, call me, I guess. Like, how great would it be if, like, midway through Red Dead, or like at the end of Red Dead Redemption, after after Jack kills, uh, avenges his father's death by killing the the man who set him up, he turns to the camera and he says. I guess I was the Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> all along. All along. Isn't that really just how all games should end? Don't you see, Ellie? We're the last of us. <laughs> <laughs> what other what other game would this work? Truly we are the Sonic Heroes. <laughs> um you have to you have to swear to us to follow this assassin's creed. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know I'm the dance dance revolution? <laughs> this truly was sliding returns final fantasy 13. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, this is you guys are you guys are being too lazy with this. It's, it's got to be uh um oh man, you could fit this into uh you could fit this into uh, Nathan Drake. He he he's uh, he's holding a map, and the map burns up, and he's like, "I guess this is uncharted." <laughs> <laughs> this truly was a Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, right before they fight, they'd say, "Hey, we're gonna have a Mortal Kombat." There you go. <laughs> All along, I was the Madden 2014. <laughs> Ryu, what well, are you, you know, doing you out know, there? Judge, <laughs> you know, Judge, the only geek crime I'm guilty of is Grand Theft Auto Five. He says, Ryu, what are you doing out there fighting in the streets? Are you some kind of street fighter? <laughs> it's like some old, like, crusty coach from, like, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What are you doing, Ryu? Don't they like? Don't sorry, they like? Sorry, I'm sorry, Vicky. At the end of the day, I'm nothing but a street fighter. I'm just a street fighter. <laughs> don't they do this in Suicide Squad? Doesn't he have that line where he's like, "What are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad?" I haven't seen Suicide Squad, but I, I think why that, not? I think that happens. I think that's in the trailer. Uh, so they did it unironically. Like they really meant it. <laughs> Oh man! Well, uh, too. yeah, it was uh, after all, um, you know, an achievement of cinema. So, and that, boys and girls, was the Legend of Zelda.
That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, actually, that. Yeah, actually, it fits pretty well. That one kind of uh, lends itself to the title. Um, what about? Uh... So at the end of the story, the grandpa is telling his son, "This truly was the massive." I was trying to think. It's so funny that that's where your head went to because that was exactly. I was sitting here like trying to formulate like how do we fit Mass Effect into. Well, Mass Effect already has the the weird like ending where like the grandpa was telling the son about like how Shepard fucked the blue titty alien. <laughs> I think that I think that this will actually I think it works best when Shepard meets the like Star Child. I think uh, Star Child should explain the options to him, and he should say, "Well, no matter what I do, it's going to have a mass effect on the world." <laughs> well, mass effect is the, what they use to to travel through to space. Oh, that's so the, the, that actually makes sense. That's true, huh? <laughs> it's not random, but. Uh, you know, I kind of like Grandpa going like, and that TV was the Mass Effect. <laughs> it had a Mass Effect on us all. Yes, it's, it's pretty good. Um, and now I just now I can't think of any other games. That's all the games. Oh, it's so obvious. Uh, the the um, there's a Nazi and he gets shot. Uh, he's the not the Nazis like looming over a, a, a young woman and her son and she's holding the son in her arms protecting him from danger and then suddenly a gunshot rings out and the Nazi falls to the ground dead and an American soldier steps up from behind him and the woman says oh thank you so much for saving us and he said it was it was my call of duty in this battlefield too <laughs> it was it, don't don't worry, ma'am. It was my. I will probably get a medal of honor. It was my Call of Duty World at War. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I will probably get a medal of honor. That, one, that like slipped right past me. <laughs> they can probably like link them all together, right? Holy shit! Remember Medal of Honor? I do. I forgot about that game. Um, that was classic. So did the world. <laughs> Don't worry, man. This was my Call of Duty. I will probably get a Medal of Honor in Castle Wolfenstein <laughs> they will, when I return to it. They will, I will return to Castle Wolfenstein <laughs> to collect my Medal of Honor. <laughs> there you go. It's perfect. Um, oh, man. Well, that was a fantastic deviation from whatever the hell we were talking about. <laughs> Stardew Valley, I think. Oh, no, SteamWorld Dig. Some crap. Funny, funny enough, SteamWorld Dig uh, has a similar thing that uh, kind of like what we were talking about with Shadow of War, where like you can beat the game, but if you 100% the game, uh, I guess you unlock like a huge area, like an entirely new area that, that you haven't seen otherwise. Um and I don't want to. I don't want to play it enough to do that. Like I already played it for eight <laughs> hours. Um, but if you if you're that type of person who's like you know really concerned about like a value ratio for how much you spend on a game, uh, it, it sounds like there is a lot that you can do here. Um, Doug is gonna be happy. Yeah, it's it's right up. Doug would never play this game, I don't think. <laughs> um, but if he, oh played, yeah, he doesn't sound like the Doug type of game, but still, no, he, he likes value. It's 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 really good though. Like I mean, it, it's a very simple like Metroidvania. It has kind of a a really easy to follow gameplay loop that is is sort of oddly addicting. Like I would I would really recommend it. I would recommend all of Image and Forms games. Uh, every single one of them that I've played has has been great. Uh, I didn't finish SteamWorld Heist, but I probably will go back and try to beat it because I, I really did enjoy it. It's a lot of fun too. Um, I only regret not getting that on a portable system as well. 
Um, all of these games work best on a 3DS or a Vita or a Switch, whatever you can get them on. So I, I would suggest experiencing them that way. But as far as portable titles go, they're they're pretty great. Anyway, um, here, I'll tell you what. Here's an exercise that we can do to wrap up the podcast. Um, okay. I need you guys to come up with the next big idea for how we're going to scam stupid ass gamers out of their money so what's the what's the ideal product that you can introduce uh or 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 maybe like you're designing the playstation 5 what do you build into it to help um to help basically like just dry like like draw every last penny out of your audience it's like here's an example uh i think for the playstation 5 um, I think that you get the console and you get the controller, um, but the X button doesn't work unless you you purchase it. You have to go into oh. the store and and uh, it's a subscription. You pay twenty bucks a month and your X button works. I mean, Sony already tried to do that with PlayStation Now. Fortunately, fortunately for us, they're incompetent, but. Uh... They definitely were trying to push games as a service. Wildly incompetent, actually. So, you know, that's a bullet there, but they're definitely trying to take away the ownership of the games from you. Or what about this? What about every time you buy something on Steam, you actually just buy a pack of games, and what you get is randomized, and you just hope it's what you intended to buy? That exists already. It's called a loot box. Yeah, but I'm talking everything. Like you go to buy. I mean, you can you can you can buy that in G2A. They give you like a like a stack of random keys. Like you go to buy South Park, and instead you get Castle Wolfenstein. I wouldn't mind that. And then you got to buy South Park again, but when you buy it that time, you get three copies of Rust. So this is my idea, right? Tell me your idea. So you buy. You make a game, right? And it doesn't matter what this game is, but it is competitive because this needs to be competitive for a store. Uh-huh, yeah. So this game has you building um, levels, right? And there are obviously random rooms that you can earn to kind of use as tiles to build your level, but you only can only earn so many tiles um per hour and those tiles um are of you know varying quality unless you of course buy better tiles premium tiles uh-huh premium tiles yeah yeah so basically you have to build the game and uh you have to buy the cool tiles for it Ooh. and of course they're gonna be expensive you know what that gives me an idea for what what about this here's the game there's a giant cube, and you can tap on the cube to remove tiles from it. Um, but you're right. You're right. No, nothing we can come up with is but, as good as whatever money you can from. <laughs> but if you so choose, you can pay to remove even more pieces of the tile. And here's the catch: inside the box is an inimaginable, like the the greatest surprise that you could ever. It, it will change the person's life who gets it. You, you you know you could actually pay to put Cublex back in, right? Yeah, you could. How funny was you that? Could, you could pay to like grief other players. Yeah. Only Molyneux would be that genius. 
Well, you know, even though the even though the prize itself was a colossal letdown and uh, never came to to fruition, I actually do think that the Curiosity app in general was kind of an interesting experiment. Um, I can't believe people paid money into it, um, but at the same time, really? like, I, well, I can't, oh, yeah. I, I can believe it. Or do you mean really, yeah. really people paid money into it? No, I mean I, you, you can't believe it. Well, yeah, you're you're right. I I can believe it. Um, yeah, that's where I was being incredulous. Yeah, it's but man, what an experiment! Like, it it was a cool idea. It's just too bad it didn't live up to like any of the hype whatsoever. I mean, it worked for him really well. Like, they they made a ton of money with that shit. Yeah, that really was funny. It's his most successful project in, ever. It got to it, it. It helped fund Goddess, and look how that turned out. Great. <laughs> No, but seriously, like monetarily speaking, it was probably his most successful project since Black and White. I mean, Fable was pretty successful, I would say. That's true. Um, maybe not Fable Three, but One and Two were relatively well received, um, even if they didn't live up to the hype that he had built up around them. Um, hey, speaking of Goddess, uh, that came out in 2013. What a year! What a year! <laughs> I was going to say, as we've established, so did everything good. Yeah, that was the last year that anything good happened to, to anybody. Until this year. Um, what is 22 Cans even working on now? What is Peter Molyneux's next move? Aren't they doing the trial or the trail? Well, or? no one could decide if it was the trail or the trial. So um, they gave up? Apparently, it's called the trail, a frontier journey. And it was published by Congregate, the Flash game website, and soft launched oh on iTunes for iPhone and iPad yeah. in September 2016. So apparently it's out. It was great. I can see. Oh, oh good it's, for them. It's out on Steam right now. Send it to Jay. This looks, <laughs> should I? Should I send no, I'll send it to Jay. He's suffering enough. Are you ready to climb the. T- he wanted the South Park, but I think this might be better. August. He has to earn the South Park. August 15th. It's been out for a while. I haven't heard anything about this. What the hell? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest, when it, it comes to morning. It doesn't look very good. Um, I mean, we knew that. Are you ready to discover the undiscovered? Are you ready to climb the tallest mountains, wear the finest clothes, and earn a fortune beyond compare? Then welcome to the new world. Welcome to the Trail Frontier Challenge. This truly was the trail of Frontier Challenge. Join pioneers from across land and sea in an epic journey across an undiscovered country. That's exciting. So basically, he made Oregon Trail. Yeah, I guess. Um, Can I name my guy, the guy in my butt? I assume so. Yeah, sure. So when he dies of dysentery, it's funny. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, give it a try. You may as well. I mean, I'm not going to because I'm not going to play this game. Um, Unless it mysteriously shows up in your inbox. No. Not even then. I'll add it to my backlog. Way, way down. Uh, sorry, I got I mean, I haven't played Me- Metro Last Light yet. I don't think this is more important in my life than Metro Last Light. Last Light. Oh, come on now. Last Light's pretty good. Um, yeah, I like the Metro games. It's it- it's all right. Well, I like I like Metro twenty twenty three. I don't know if I like the Metro games because I only play the one. Well, last, but, uh, last you know what I mean. Last Light's way better than twenty thirty three, in my opinion. I would imagine. I mean, they have more resources, right? Yeah. At the same time, though, you might be upset because it's kind of dumbed down a little bit comparatively. 
Um, it, it's, it depends on what they dumb down. It's a little streamlined compared to 2033. Um, in my opinion, it works way better. Uh, having said that, I didn't like either game enough that I finished them. So I don't know. Like, it's just, it's okay. Really? Yeah, I, I I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't really do it for me. I don't care for the setting all that much. Like, when I'm playing a game and there's a segment where you go down into a sewer, that's usually the part of the game that, like, I have to suffer through to get back to the part I like. And, and this is all sewer. And Metroid's all sewer. Or Metro is all sewer. It's just a sewer game. So it's a sewer level again. I, I get it. It's like a platformer where all the levels are underwater. Like I cannot like... I kind of like that it's I guess a kind of brainier type of shooter, which back, especially back when like 2077 came out, where like, you know, it was like the height of the Call of Duties. I mean, yeah, like it's really cerebral. It's like Rick and Morty. Right. You got to be a real genius. <laughs> no, what I mean is like, you know, you can't just, because bullets are so valuable, not just as ammo, but as, uh, as currency. Uh-huh. You kind of had to, like, you know, be smarter about how you approach situations. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could go in, in guns blazing, but that's not going to work out in the long range. Right. And Last Light has a lot of that carryover, too. Like, stealth is important. That's good. That's good. Um, that's what I like. Resource management is still there to some degree, but maybe just not, like I said, not quite as, as heavy of an emphasis. Um, I don't know. It's... So- what were you weirded as weird as as I was when you when uh, I linked a trailer of like the next Metro going to be um, uh, an open world game? I mean, I saw isn't that, that, isn't that weird? I saw it when they announced it at E three or whatever, and um, I don't know. Is it? It's not. It's not that know, strange. It just feels because so it's such a tightly designed like game. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, yeah. I, I, I get what you mean. It, it would be like the next Uncharted being open world. But having right. said that, like Un- Uncharted, uh, the Lost Legacy, like that takes some open world elements and integrates them into the game, and like it works pretty well. So, like, I don't think it's gonna be. Everybody saw that trailer and was like, "Oh my god, it's the next Skyrim!" And I don't think it's gonna be that. I, I think it's going to be more of like a Far Cry open world where like, you know, yeah. hey, there's two missions and like some side stuff if you want to go do it. Like, I think it'll be like that kind of open world. I don't think it's going to be like a, a a Fallout or, you know, it's not going to be like a Bethesda game. The way they, they said it was more to be like interconnected hubs. So I guess closer to like uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Where you have like you know this interconnected sure, yeah. maybe that could be a comparison or 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 uh, maybe like a Dark Souls uh, kind no, of thing. No, right? no. Well, we well, can't compare stuff to Dark Souls anymore. A Dark, right? a Dark Souls level design aspect where like everything's connected and there's a lot of shortcuts and uh, things like that. Um, what did I play? I played something the other day that was like Dark Souls in that regard, and I was like, too bad I can't make that comparison because it would be very apt. But that's right, Bloodborne. No, it was none of those. What are those are the only two. I don't know. I guess you. I guess you could say instead of like Metroid is a lot like Dark Souls, more like Dark Souls, a lot like Metroid. But yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? We're we're past time, so I won't talk about it. But remind me next week. Uh, I should talk about Deception. Um, because I picked it up on Steam and um, Deception. Was Deception. Deception is a RTS that is inspired by the Thing. Hmm. Um, except they didn't copy any of the good parts about the thing. That would be... Yeah. 
Uh, they copied like the Arctic setting. And <laughs> when I think of the thing, that's not the memorable part. I'm not like, oh, they were in the Arctic. Like when I see other, no, man, I, when I see other things, that, like snow, man. Come on. when I see other things that take place in the Arctic, I'm not like, oh, it's just like the thing. <laughs> um, in fact, this could be summarized really quickly. When you guys think of the thing, what do you think of? I mean, Michael probably doesn't think of anything because he doesn't know what that is. But you're correct. Horrific Cronenberg uh, style monsters and deception, I guess. Ah, deception. That's a that's a good important component. Right, because it takes the shape of people. Well, anyway, we can talk about it uh, next week, maybe. Um, just because I have a couple thoughts on it. And because I think the thing is, as a property, is like really interesting. Um, there was a really good thing game for the PS2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can actually get, uh, still pick it up on uh, the PC. Um, at, least, at least I think you can. Let me see. I think I... Um, it was... Like I will, I will, I don't want to like hype it up too much, but I remember that by like by at the time it came out, I was impressed by kind of like the sub like the stuff that was going on under the hood. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a pretty looking game or anything like that, but the way that like they yeah, reacted to stuff, it was pretty pretty neat. There is a uh, the thing board game coming out this month, and I would actually probably play that. Um, because that's perfect. That's a, the thing was meant to be a board game. All this. Oh yeah, that, 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 that's that's what uh, what's his name wanted. That was what it, that was what it needed to be. Um. Anyway, I yeah, whatever. We can we'll talk about it next week and we can uh, go over it. But yeah, the the uh, PC game. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't know where you get it, but I'm pretty sure that it's still out there and like runs on PC and. Uh, Amazon's got it for nine ninety nine. It looks like so. the thing PC game. It's not on GOG though. It's not on GOG and it's not on Steam. It seems. Yeah, so getting it might be hard, but it does run from what I can see. So there's there's some sites that have, uh, can walk you through how to set it up and and play it. So apparently somebody put a thread on it on the GOG forums. And the GOG team says that the ownership is in limbo. That's why they can they can't get it. Yes, there there are licensing issues uh, with it. Um, so, and actually, I don't even uh, the developer was Computer Artworks, and the publisher was Black Label Games. Um, oh, fuck I'm, me. I'm pretty sure neither of which exist anymore. Yep. So uh, you'll you'll probably never see like a proper release of it again. But it was a good game. You're you're right about that. It was really cool. And uh, we'll talk about that next week. We can talk about why. All right. All right. Any other thoughts? Nope. No. Cool. Well, uh, we'll... Uh, Stop buying loot boxes, you morons. Yeah, we can... Michael and I could talk a little bit more about Shadow of War next week and maybe get a sense of how both of us feel about it. But I think it seems promising. It seems like it's going to be all right. I bet it's good. I bet it's fine. Um... All right, well, I think uh, with that, I would just suggest that you go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. If you haven't already, go subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Android Play Store, wherever, whatever you got, any anything, uh, subscribe. And I think with that, we are out. <laughs>